0: Well, hey girl, welcome to She's Doing Big Things. I'm your host, Alicia Lee, the original she. Top income producer, freedom advocate, serial entrepreneur, winner of all the things, world traveler, and now digital nomad. I've lived my entire life feeling a little different, dreaming a little bigger, doing a little more, and believing I was destined to have it all. So I can imagine if you're here, you get it. You're a dreamer, a doer, an entrepreneur, so you're ready to set some big goals and smash them. So, with that in mind, let's freaking get started. Hello, there, CEOs, and welcome back to the podcast for women who are truly looking to go bigger in business by becoming the woman she was born to be, the leader that lives inside her and by making the money she was meant to make. Sounds pretty dang good, right? But in order to do that, I truly believe that you must first feel safe to grow into that woman, right? You know... The one who hires the right people, builds the right team, has a solid brand to stand on because she knows her true self, and feels secure in that. That is key. And as a part of that, a really big question that I know I've asked myself while in growth pattern is, do I have the right safety precautions in place, and am I protected as I grow, become, and take on more client responsibility? And I will say, without a doubt, there was a time when I absolutely 100% did not. There are still times when I question it, and that is when I bring in the work of the guests that I'm about to bring on. Now, keep in mind, as we record this, we are just now reopening the country after COVID-19 and bracing ourselves for the impact of that and maybe even a second wave. But as this episode is released, we will hopefully, fingers crossed, be on the other side of that and returning to some semblance of normalcy, right? Crossing my big toes, crossing my fingers, just to be sure. So if you can remember back to the start of COVID, I'm sure you, like me, sounded the alarm and went into total panic mode. If you're in the service-based industry, which is who I generally serve on this podcast, then you probably worried right away that your clients may lose incomes and thus you may lose clients, right? The ripple effect has been and was widespread. I don't know a single person who was not affected by this. So in this dilemma, I know a lot of us were looking at our contracts with hope and also crossing our fingers and hoping that they were done correctly but also that we would know what to do in the face of sheer terror that would surround widespread unemployment and whether or not to uphold said contract. So I have brought on today's guest as a shift back into business as usual, but also as a reminder that this could happen again as a, and as a safeguard against future contract confusion in times like this. So let me tell you about Miss Nuzaira, who is just as beautiful as her name. Let me just tell you. So she's a lawyer who specifically helps creative entrepreneurs protect and grow their brands through trademarks, copyrights, contracts, data privacy, and e-commerce compliance. But today, we're going to talk specifically to contracts, as they're a large part of a service-based business, right? And they outline what the responsibility is of both parties involved in the service or care. So there's no blurred lines. There's no gray area. Nuzaira Haque is a virtual attorney based outside of Los Angeles, California. Nuzaira counsels both U.S. and international clients, which is super cool in my book. Now, let me just tell you, (laughs) her list of achievements, awards, and accolades is so long that it would take an entire episode to name them and claim them, so I'll give you just a few of them right here, right now. Nazira is one of the first attorneys to successfully obtain federal trademark protection in the cannabis industry. She was named in the Daily Journal's top attorney, top women attorneys, let's not forget the woman part, right, for 2017. Uzairah holds the honor of being both a California attorney and a barrister in England and Wales, having been called to the bar at Lincoln's Inn in London. So to say she is well-respected passes through our continent, but our neighbors across the pond as well. I simply literally cannot say enough about this guest today. So I'll let her come on and say some things for herself. Zyra, how are you today, my dear?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm, I'm truly honored. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Um, I don't often have guests that ask me that question back. So I'm <laughs> great. <laughs> it's a hot and sunny day here in Boise and it's just been beautiful.
1: So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Summer is all around us. So hopefully this summer brings some good news very soon. Soon.
0: Right? Oh my gosh. Let's hope. Let's hope. Spring did not bring Mayflowers; It brought COVID. <laughs> so I just have no. to say, right, I just have to say that I am inordinately <laughs> impressed with your resume and your list of achievements, but I'm also just in love with your wealth of knowledge and your humility around this. You are such a rare treat. So I'm going to dive on in and pick your brain. The first question I have for you is how you decided to do and or become a virtual lawyer and what does that mean to our listener out there?
1: Um, Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the lovely words. Uh, They're very, very sweet and nice. Thank you so much. I feel already really good about myself. (laughs) So what made me go into virtual law practice? Um, it was actually love, to be honest. I served as corporate counsel for design, tech, and companies. I was working um, uh, downtown Los Angeles, billing hours just like any other corporate attorney. And although it was financially amazing, um, I think a little bit of my soul was slowly dying because I was getting burnt out. And it just so happened that... My husband, uh, whom I married in 2018, he was not in the US at the time. Mm. He was living abroad. And once I got married, I didn't want to be in one location, you know, stuck to a geographical location for too long. I wanted to have the flexibility and the freedom to travel, uh, spend time with my husband, spend time with my friends and family, but at the same time have um, an awesome law practice. And that's when I decided to uh, basically leave my corporate law life and start my own business and not only just start my own business I wanted to change the way lawyers normally do business I switched to completely virtual mode so what it means is that my practice and my team we, we, we try to have a paperless environment we have I would say a 99% rate of completely being paperless um, we do our consultations our work Thanks to the internet, we can do it from anywhere, but yeah, we do Zoom consults. Um, all the work is done via email, all the consultations are done like that, all the documents that we prepare um, are all sent via email to the clients for them to check. And whenever we need to get on a call with a client or I need to get on a call with a client, it's either through phone call or um, yeah, through Zoom, through Skype, whatever works for the client is best. So. That's what virtual practice essentially means. It's just modernizing law practice and making it much easier for people to access um, lawyers as well. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. And one thing I'd like to point out is, is that I decided to go virtual because mainly because I wanted the flexibility and the freedom to be with my husband and, and travel and all that. But what I've noticed is that going virtual helped me so much. I didn't have to rent out a traditional office that a lot of law offices have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, My team, they don't have to sit at a specific desk and do their work. They can, just like me, they can be anywhere in the world. As long as they have a laptop and good internet connection, everyone's good to go. So what happened because of that is we were able to save on traditional costs that a law Mm -hmm. office has. And we were able to pass on those savings to our clients which has been great. So none of my clients have said, oh, this is way too expensive because we've always been able to work with that and provide them with top quality legal services while maintaining that flexibility and the low legal costs.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that you went into so many different aspects and benefits of online work, yeah. especially right now. A lot of companies are gonna be reevaluating right. their office spaces and re-looking at their overhead and their budgets. And you were <laughs> way ahead of the game, way ahead ahead of the curve, right? Yeah. <laughs> and not only is this flexible for you and for your staff, which probably increases their own happiness, right? Mm -hmm. But then it also is so eco-friendly because you're not Mm -hmm. taking up space. You're not shelling out a bunch of, you know, uh, reams of paper. And I mean, this is just beautiful. I love it. Um, I'm such a, like an eco-minded human and trying to always kind of find ways to diminish our footprint. And so I love this. I love, I love it.
1: Thanks so much. Yeah, that was very important for me. That when I have my own business, it's aligned with my values. And so, yeah, going virtual kind of check all those boxes. You're eco friendly. You're you're helping the environment, and you have the flexibility to be anywhere and do your work.
0: Mm, Which just goes to show everybody out there, you truly can be multi-passionate. You can have a lot of pillars in your value system Mm -hmm. and you can check all of those off on your dream business. So do not neglect one of those and take care of the other three pillars or values or whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. them, thinking that, well, you need to sacrifice somewhere because you don't. I love that. So let's head right into the main topic and concern. I know so many coaches have asked this, talked about this. I've seen it in the boards and groups and all over the place. So service-based providers, coaches, let's talk about this, shall we? Let's talk contracts. First, tell me what they are and then what purpose they serve.
1: Absolutely. So that's a great question, just to understand what contracts are. And so, you know, everyone doesn't freak out or think they're super scary or unattainable. A contract essentially, it boils down to an understanding. It's just an understanding between you and someone else that the two of you together are going to do certain things. And one of you is going to pay the other person or you are going to be paid for the work that you do. Essentially, that's what it is. It's an understanding. It's a promise that gets formalized. And that's what a contract is. Now, in most states in the US, a contract can be written or oral. So even oral contracts are upheld. I, I know in California, uh, where I'm from, um, California does respect oral contracts. I'm not sure about all the other states, but just look into your state law and, and you know see if oral contracts are OK. But what I would say is that because it's the formalizing of an understanding, you have that understanding orally anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's good practice to have that understanding in writing. Mm -hmm. So you can refer back to that piece of document that has your relationship or understanding and the goals all of it set in, in case you run into misunderstandings with the other person or even to clarify certain points. Um, nothing you know is vague you know things like, like when am I getting paid how long is this relationship going to go on for all of that is just putting it into one piece of paper and making it easy for everyone who's part of that relationship just mm-hmm. easier for them to go on and do their work that's essentially what a contract is it's just formalizing and understanding
0: yes I tell people I tell my clients all the time, get it in writing or get it on video. And Mm -hmm. this is advice because I've always recorded my um, sessions, my consultations, everything. I let them know up ahead of time. It's in their contract that I record it. It's verbally accepted on video that I record it. And the reason is I had an instance once just to kind of give some clarity on this, on what happens if you're Mm -hmm. a new coach and you haven't run into these um, circumstances. I had a client who hired me to do one call for three months every month. So one call per month, every month for Mm -hmm. three months. And she verbally accepted that. She accepted it on in two places when she actually checked out and paid, but then was very shocked when the charge came out the second month. And um, Mm -hmm. she tried to uh defame my character where on Facebook and I was able to actually contact Facebook when I asked them to take the comment down and show mm-hmm. them proof that this was a very untrue statement and regardless of how she felt about that obviously you know I, I worked with her outside of that to feel better about her decision to continue with you know month two and month three and where we might have miscommunicated that but in my defense, it was clarified three times. And so knowing how many times it takes for some people to just even hear something, see something, read something, respond to something is really Mm -hmm. important because we're all very busy people, right? And sometimes things do get missed and I totally understand Mm -hmm. that. But if you have it on your side clarified, then you are covered, exactly yeah
1: yeah I, I'm, I'm so sorry you had to go through that and it, that that unfortunately happens quite a bit when you don't have a written contract in place um because you know people they 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 forget sometimes i'm, I'm gonna give i mostly give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. i always start off like that oh maybe that person forgot right it could be if it's a three month four month commitment you know you might have agreed on something Mm -hmm. on month one by the time month two or three rolls around there's a million things happening in everyone's life they forget they're like oh why am i being charged on the second one on the third one Mm -hmm. did i not pay everything on the first month wait is this is this not included and then you know sometimes people feel like uh, they're being overcharged and all of these things come up but Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of having things in writing and I I would say that you know think about your to-do list like as coaches I think um, most coaches would uh, you know advise their clients that have a list of things that you want to do that day have a list of things that you can delegate or you can do the next day and there's a reason why people say that have these things in writing so you can refer back to them in case Mm. you forget and yeah, that's the main reason of why a contract is so important to avoid situations like that where someone just turns around after 30 days and says, hey, I, I'm sorry, I never agreed to that. And if you tell them, no, you did. Remember, we had this conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely don't want that drama. It, it's upsetting. It like disrupts your business. And at the same time, yeah, it, it creates avenues for, I, I, I think, resentment. Where this person Mm. feels cheated and they they think that they have the freedom to go and complain about you on a social media platform and they know that can do real damage. They understand what they're doing. Yes. But they, you know, they understand that, okay, reputation, I think for all of us now now, is so important because everything is online. Anyone can say anything about you. So they know that, okay, if I go say this online, this person's gonna you know, get hurt or this person's going to take notice. And I mean, that's just not fair, but like, it's best if we can avoid that situation altogether in the first place. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You made so
0: many good points in there. Yeah. So, so true. Yes. I I love that you brought up the emotional aspect of it because, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's there. There definitely is a feeling behind the miscommunication, right? Or that results from the miscommunication. And so Mm -hmm. if it's in writing, and if it's signed and, you know, accounted for, then it just creates those clear cut boundaries. So you don't have to have any emotion about the boundary that's already been set. Exactly. Yeah. So now what are some of the main elements that a contract should have for the lady out there who thinks she has one, right? What do you typically Uh see and what do you typically find that is missing in most contracts?
1: Oh, I love this question. Um, I could go on and on about this, but I'm going to try to keep it short and to the point. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) oftentimes what happens is that I will get an inquiry uh, about that. Oh, can you review this contract for me? I don't need you to draft it for me. I need you to review it. I found this contract online and I did something and uh, I just want to make sure that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's take a look at your contract. So take a look at the contract and it has nothing to do with their business. It is a template they found online, which there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. Let me just, you know, rephrase that. There's nothing wrong with templates, but you just need to know who made that template. First mm-hmm. of all, was it prepared by an attorney? And second of all, if you're if you're getting that template, you should have an avenue where you can speak to that attorney, so they mm-hmm. can at least take a look at your finished product. If you're filling out the template, you have questions. There's someone you can speak to. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. But going back to the common things that I see, so oftentimes I would see these contracts come to me that, yeah that miss critical points, things like payment. That's something everyone you know, is interested in. If you're providing a service, you wanna know when you're getting paid and how you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. So that is usually missing. They'll just say something like $500 monthly, for example. Okay, but then the question is monthly, what date of the month? Is it on the 15th, is it on the 10th? What date is that money coming out of their account? Are they expecting an invoice every month, or is it going to be deducted automatically? Is it auto-debit? Mm. And if they, ha- they want to cancel the service, how do they do it? So say you have a six-month coaching program or one-on-one coaching uh, program with someone, and on the fourth month, they decide they don't want to continue anymore. For whatever reason, they don't want to continue. What happens then? Yeah. Do they send you an email? What's your cancellation policy? Do they have to provide you with a 30-day notice, uh, two weeks notice? Um, Is it non-refundable? Do they have to pay for the six months, even if they quit after the fourth month? You know, these are situations that happen so commonly and it does come up. Mm -hmm. But these are things that are not addressed in most of the contracts that come my way. And, you know, people think they have a good contract. But then I look at it and I ask these questions and like, well, how do you deal with that situation? And then most of the time they're like, I don't know. I guess I didn't think about it. Like we'll figure yeah. it out when we get there. And like you see, that's the problem. You don't have to figure it out when you get there. As attorneys, we are trained to think, unfortunately, of worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. What happens if the relationship goes sour? Yet yeah, when someone's hiring you as a coach, they're they're amped up. They're super excited. They're pumped. They're going to take action. Okay, but after a two months or three months, they decide, I don't want to do this anymore. And the reason is irrelevant. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And what happens when that happens? You are losing money. First of all, you might have to send them some money back. Or, you know, do they, you know, is it non-refundable? In that case, are you going to give them a credit? Like you have a one year credit to come back to me and, uh, or a six months credit that in six months, if you decide to resume, um, the coaching program, then I'm going to honor the, the amount that you've already paid till now, but I cannot refund you. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many things that surround just around the small area of payment itself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's other things like indemnification. That is huge. And I don't see that in a lot of the contracts. And I include that in all of the time contracts i prepare. Indemnification essentially means that if you get sued for something someone else did, what happens? What if you get sued because your client went around, for example, and said that they took some advice from you? You're their coach, you gave them this advice, or you get, gave them some materials, and they use those materials in a way they're not supposed to use, or they apply your advice in a situation which you know they're not supposed to be doing, and somehow someone else gets negatively impacted because of their action. And that person decides, you know what, this is not done. I, I want to sue the coach. Why mm-hmm. did that person give this advice? And because of that, I suffered. And it happens quite a bit. So not so much with coaching, but I put the indemnification clause in it anyway because there's a high possibility it might happen. Someone might rely on your advice and misconstrue it and do something that hurts someone else. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you get sued? Will your client be responsible for taking care of your legal costs or will you be responsible for taking care of your client's legal costs if they get sued because of something you did? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't see that a lot. And this is so important because legal costs are substantial (laughs) when there's litigation involved. Mm -hmm. And you want to be very clear about situations like that, that, you know, you want to tell your client that, hey, listen. The coaching I'm giving you, the advice, the materials, the content you're gonna get from my program is for XYZ reason. And if you use all of this outside XYZ reasons, and I get sued because of that, then you have to indemnify me. You have to pay my legal costs, and you have to make, you know, you have to hold me harmless, which is like the technical term use on contract. But basically, you need to be protected when you're going into these kinds of business relationships. And so I would say. That's another thing that I don't see. So payment clarification, any cancellation, how would you handle cancellations and refund requests and indemnification? These are the three major things that needs to be in a contract. And
0: I don't see that quite a lot. I love it. Okay. So who generally needs a contract and who creates them the most proficiently. I mean, I'm kind of nodding at you for this answer, but I still want to hear it.
1: (laughs) Sure. So I would say if you have a business, you need contracts. If you're making sales, if you're reaching out to people and doing marketing, promotion, advertising, whatever it is, if you run a business and you're doing business related activities, you need a contract. Mm -hmm. You need a contract when you're hiring your VA. You need a contract when you are onboarding new clients you need a contract period if you're forming a business relationship any kind of business relationship you form you need a contract um, and as to who who does that who prepares them really well well attorneys <laughs> attorneys <laughs> prepare them really really well and i i'm gonna give you a good reason why people shouldn't be downloading templates off, off of the internet there's nothing wrong with templates that are available online, the free templates. I think some of them are actually pretty good, but most of them are not. And uh, the problem is I'm a lawyer, so I can look at a template and I look at a contract and I can, you know, I can judge, okay, if this is good, if this is bad, if this is required for this particular situation. But if you did not go to law school, chances are you're not going to be able to identify if a contract template is good or bad. Mm -hmm. unless you take a very high interest in studying the law and that's like your passion project on the side if that's not happening uh, it's not a good idea to just blindly get stuff from the internet because you really don't know who prepared it and i know Mm -hmm. i touched on this earlier but i'm just going to re-emphasize that if you're going to buy templates because they are cheaper than say having a customized contract definitely get that template from an attorney and that you know who the attorney is. There are, um, now I can say many of my colleagues and mostly female attorneys actually are moving on to the virtual world. And, you know, it it doesn't have to be me necessarily. You can choose an attorney that you like. And there's so, uh, you know, now there's more female attorneys offering virtual legal services, offering these contract templates, which are much more affordable for businesses that are just starting out. And maybe they don't need to be that customized. You have, you know, once you reach a certain level in business, and once you're dealing with complex issues, yes, you need a customized contract. Um, a template won't do it. But if you're just starting out, and you know, you you're just trying to hire more team members, and it's very simple. You're just gonna, you know, you're gonna pay them a fixed amount every month, or you're onboarding a new client for your coaching services. You need a uh, you need a business coaching um, agreement things like that a lot of it is now available in template form i prepared those templates and I give them to my clients who are just starting out because if you know they, they save so much money and I, I can actually review the work that they've done once they've filled out the four or five filling like the blank I can review it so it's the same with the other attorneys as well if you're if you're gonna get contract templates just get it from an attorney that you know and you you actually have access to so that's super important and at all times it's if it concerns legal matters speak to an attorney yes (laughs) get the attorney's point of view it's like it's like you're trying to treat a disease without going to the doctor it'll be the same issue
0: so this brings up kind of an issue in my mind right now, which especially during COVID, I know a lot of us were questioning this and using our ethical um, evaluation, you know, our morals and ethics here. So let's talk about upholding contracts because especially right now, a lot of people went out of work, were unable to pay their, you know, vital bills, let alone maybe their extras. And so, it's one thing not mm-hmm. to have a contract in place yeah. or to not need one at all, um, yeah. you know, to not need it when you have it, but mm-hmm. it's another one to mm-hmm. have it challenged and be forced mm-hmm. to uphold it or not uphold it. So tell us when you think right. you should uphold it, when you shouldn't and what does that process look like either way?
1: Sure. That's, that's a really great question. And I actually um, dealt with this firsthand because of, um, a couple of my clients who were in the events industry, event planning, weddings, mm-hmm. they got hit hard during yeah. COVID. It's um, the same for photographers or videographers. Anyone whose job is to show up at a place physically mm-hmm. and you know do the uh, perform their service for them, it was really really difficult because they've taken a deposit. They were supposed to show up on a particular day and then the event itself gets canceled because of covid and you know the whole uncertainty surrounding it do they have to get back their money or what's happening it was, it was really crazy and i would say that the answers actually lie in your current contract the reason being that whenever we prepare contracts and see that's the other reason why you need to have an attorney do that for you or at least speak to an attorney when you're doing these things is that there is a certain clause that is it's like if we, we say it's a boilerplate clause it's called a force majeure clause no one even thought about that clause too much before covid started mm. it's one of those clauses that you put in a contract and that that makes it a good and complete contract the clause basically says that obviously a contract is binding obligation for two or two parties and you decide to perform certain services or pro- provide certain products for a certain amount of money. And you're supposed to uphold that contract, mm-hmm. no matter what. That's the whole reason I'm having a contract. But this force majeure clause, it kind of gives you not an out necessarily, but a cushion. It says that in case there is a natural disaster, fire, flood, war, government regulation, disease outbreak something that is outside your control you can you can't control it no one can control disease outbreak so in those situations both the parties get relieved from performing their duties so you cannot be sued for violating a contract Mm -hmm. and the way it helped a lot of my clients is the money issue because at the end of the day um there's the ethical and the moral side of what you do with a contract when you cannot perform it and you know it. And there is also the money factor. Clients want their money back. And you as a service provider took a deposit. You also prepared certain things in you know, in preparation for that event. You spent money. And now you if you give all of that deposit back, you're, you're operating on a loss at that point. Mm-hmm. Or you might not have enough money saved in your own account to get you through this COVID time. If you just return that money, so what you know? What can we do? And that's the time when you kind of have to combine legal with business strategy, mm-hmm. and that's what we did for our clients. So a lot of the times, what happened was we were able to negotiate with with their clients. So I'm giving you an example of an event planner, and um, she had a couple of uh, um, weddings. Basically, that she was booked out for, for the for the summer, for the spring, and she'd taken the deposit. She had even paid deposits to other people that she hired for those wedding events. And when COVID hit and the lockdown happened, all those clients and all of that was canceled. There was no wedding; wedding. No, no, nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And yes, on the other side, the clients were also taking a huge hit because they were losing out on money on the venue, and they wanted to recruit as much as possible. So they asked my client. Uh, to refund their deposit and this happened like I think she had about two or three lined up and all of them wanted their money back and she was freaking out because she said I if I give them their money back like I would have to ask for money back from all of the other vendors that I had paid the deposit to. Mm -hmm. They might not want to give me their money back. And where am I? How am I going to go through this? I don't know how long this COVID going to last. And I'm an event planner. Like, I can't even be virtual. Mm-hmm. I have to be there physically. So, what we did was we were able to negotiate with her clients and say, you know, what if instead of giving you your deposit back, we extend your contract? So, the contract was for, um, say, for example, one contract was for April 15th. That, that was the day of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And we said, instead of April 15th, 2020, how about we extend this to the next three years, your contract term? So we're, we're not going to increase our prices or anything because people have to, I mean, they'll get married, they'll, you know, they, they'll still want to be together. So she, that, that was the plan we went with, like, let's extend the contract term. It doesn't have to be this April. Even though it says in the contract, we'll modify the contract and we'll give you three years or sometimes even five years. Mm-hmm. If you want to use that credit, that, okay, we're not going to raise our prices. If, if they were quoted say, $25,000, for example, and the deposit was for $10,000, that we'll hold on to the deposit and you have up until this time to come back and use our services for the same rates. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll try to work something out. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be for a wedding. If you want to have any other kind of events, we'll make it happen, but we'll just hold on on to that deposit for another situation. That is so so smart. yeah. Yeah. So they didn't agree. Then, you know, we were able to negotiate that. Okay. Um, maybe not extend the contract term, but we'll give you back partial deposit, not the full deposit because, you know, we have our own expenses and it worked out it worked out because there was good negotiation and there was a good contract in the first place to fall back on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for COVID or any other situation that is beyond your control, termination, cancellation clauses, and force majeure clauses, they actually help you in those situations to navigate it. I love it. Now
0: I know that you offer clearly service that, Fully exemplifies yeah. all that we are talking about and so yeah. many other services as well. So, tell our listeners uh-huh. where they can find you in the online space so that they can connect with you and make sure that they are safeguarded and have something worth upholding.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, you can follow me on my Instagram account, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Nazira ESQ. So it's just my name and then ESQ because I also have a personal account, which is for my friends and family, which is just at Nazaira. So at Nazaira ESQ ESQ um, is the official business account. It's the same on Facebook. Um, and you can, uh, actually, you can also find me on TikTok. I just joined TikTok and I'm <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I,
0: I love, love it. it. It's
1: so much fun. Oh my gosh. Does say, um, yeah. Are I'm so
0: proud of you. I haven't figured <laughs> it out, girl. I'm like, how did I suddenly become this old that I'm like, I don't know how to use social media.
1: What is this? <laughs> it's 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 really fun and there's like less pressure on TikTok, I feel, because you can't have a video for more than one minute anyway. So, mm-hmm. whatever you have to do, you do it in that one minute. I love it. So, yeah, TikTok, Facebook, uh, and Instagram would be at Nazira ESQ. On LinkedIn, you can find me, um, the Nazira Hawk, my name. And my website is uh, nhlegal.net. So, you can find out more about the services I offer on my website. And yeah, feel free to DM me with questions or just um, hop on and say hello on my Insta. Uh, I'd love to connect with your audience, with the other
0: CEOs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My CEOs, you all know that I love <laughs> it when I see you connect with my guests. So get to it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will link all of that down into the show notes. Make it really easy, really clickable, so you can grab it, snag it, and connect. So. Tell me, um, what are you offering for the lady who realizes, because I'm sure there are some (laughs) ladies out there going, oh, no, oh, God, right? (laughs) She realizes that she's been operating all kinds
1: of freestyle. Um, Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, freestyle operation is good. That's how we all start out. But, you know, uh, as serious business owners, every business decision has a legal consequence. You cannot get away from that. So make legal your friend instead. Don't run away from it. Make it your friend. Um, the, the services that I offer are all flat fee, so I don't bail by the hour. I, I you know I don't believe in that anymore. It's it's uh, soul-sucking, and it's very overwhelming for clients as well. So I have flat fee services. So on, any service that I provide to a client, they are quoted up front. So if it's going to be $500 or $2,500, they know what they're paying, and they pay the fees up front, and that's it. They don't have to worry about anything else. The rest I'll take care of, and even the phone calls, emails, consultations are all in that flat fee. So I have a um, monthly subscription plan that I've, uh, I've launched, and I've seen that it's been a huge hit with my uh, existing client base. I wanted to share that with your audience. So it's uh, lovingly called the IT Law plan because it um, it basically protects the ip portfolio so you know trademarks copyrights any other kind of intellectual property help that you need so that's part of the plan as well as um, contract drafting and also your data privacy so if you are an online business owner which all of us are in this day and age, and you are doing business online you are collecting payments you are collecting data like email address um credit card information name mailing address whatever it is if you're collecting all that information you have to comply with mandatory data privacy laws so that plan um covers all of it we basically take a look at your business we audit the business and we we'll let you know like this is what you need for your ip protection this is what you need for your data privacy and it's a monthly program so um, monthly subscription plan so you always have access to an attorney If you have an idea you want to run it by us uh, by me or my team feel free to send an email and we are going to brainstorm and we'll let you know if, you know what, what next steps you want to take and most of the time our clients in the existing plan actually take advantage of that like before they launch any product or they launch a new uh service whatever it is like brainstorm with us like okay is this okay what do we need to do here And uh, yeah, so, and that subscription plan is actually very, very reasonable. I made it this way for, you know, keeping in mind that I want to help startup women as well, not just people who are like way ahead in their business. And so the basic plan is $150 a month and you get, when you're a part of that plan, you not only get all the consultations and the audit included, but you also get 10% off on all other services that we provide. And the premium plan is $250 a month, and it gives you 15% off on all the services that we provide, in, uh, you know, on top of the all the consultations and emails and all of that you get included in the package. So Look I don't know it. if I was able to explain that nicely. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really a GM if you're interested. Yeah, that's so great.
0: Yeah, that's such a good deal. I know as somebody who has spent, oh my gosh, like thousands of dollars on very few hours of legal resources and legal help. um, That is a deal that all of the CEOs out there need to grab up, snag up take advantage of, not in a bad way, but in all of the best ways, yeah. and really yeah. own that. So I know as a business owner, we have so much on our plate, so much to think about, so much passion behind what we do, that it's so easy to skip the things that seem simple and or less sexy, right? Like trademarks Mm -hmm. and contacts and data privacy, Mm -hmm. oh my. So for so many of us, these items are an afterthought. When the creatively passionate cloud lifts and we're forced to face the reality that we are not protected from a dang thing, right? Or worse, we're facing the financial ruin of a lawsuit or fighting in courts over intellectual property. Please don't let it get there. Don't go that far. So I know personally firsthand how important it is to ensure that everything is in place before you realize it's not or before you realize it's too late. So I cannot thank you enough for coming on here today, for reminding us of the importance of this topic and just for being such an amazing resource for the entrepreneurial community.
1: Absolutely. I had such a great time talking to you, and I really hope that, you know, um, your audience uh, took away some, va- can take away some valuable info today, because I feel that it's so important for us as women entrepreneurs um, to, you know, provide as much knowledge and information as possible. Uh, I think it empowers all of us as a community, and I'm so happy that I got to be part of it on your show. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: All right, my darling CEOs, let me just tell you, as a CEO of your freaking company, whether it's just you and a VA, you have a team, or you're dreaming of the day when you do, you have to protect them along with protecting you. It's your duty as a leader. It is your duty as the CEO. Protect and serve so with that being said i want you to truly look at your business and ask yourself where you're weak where you're vulnerable where you could at minimum have someone look it over to make sure that you're actually safe so the people that work for you and the people that hire you are as well so with that it is time To go out into the world, go bigger, safeguard your assets, lead within the laws, know your rights, and thus, feel so much more secure, give peace of mind to those you serve and sell to so you can make bank and live so much frickin' freer. Until next time, love you long time. what is up my darlings and doers if you loved this podcast please don't leave it behind go ahead and hit that subscribe button and do us a huge favor give us a quick rating it not only helps me to know where you're listening but it also helps the new listener to find this podcast and become the next doing success story so with that I'm off to do some big things or help one of my amazing clients get her doing list done. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.